What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. I have my friend here, Maeve, and her Instagram and social media channel is Profit from Trauma, and we're here to talk about healing after sex work. And I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. I really am. Like, I'm so excited. So tell tell us a little bit about yourself first to just kind of intro yourself to the girls who are listening and, and we'll go from there. So tell us about yourself, just where you're at, you know, what your journey has been like, who you are, just a little overview. Okay. So hi, everybody. First of all, Victoria, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You are such an influential woman. I am obsessed with your videos. I just sit there and go, <laughs> wow, such a young woman, so wise, so intelligent. I really look up to you. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really excited for us to be doing this. I know that it's been a bit of a long time coming but finally we've aligned and we are here so (laughs) hi everybody who is listening my name is Maeve Moon um I'm an ex-escort uh turned (laughs) um turned healer and coach uh my journey started with sex work um back in 2014 2014 2015 in my last couple years of uh college so just as i turned uh 15 16 as you go into college in the uk we start college around 16 to 18 and then we start university 18 to however long you're doing your degree for so i was introduced to it um my father introduced me to sex work that's a whole story in and of itself mm-hmm. and <laughs> i was i discovered seeking arrangements which probably most of you know is a sugar baby website don't recommend going on there if you have any morbid curiosity <laughs> and really it just kind of started there uh, i finally got to a space where i thought i was good looking enough which is all a falsehood story and where i was so numbed out with drugs that i could finally go ahead and start my escorting career which was going to you know, launch me into financial freedom, as many of us think. Um, those of you who are sex workers or who are recovering from sex work will understand that narrative. And I did that for about two and a half years uh, until I finally hit a wall 
and mm. I just realized that I hated my life. I had a very expensive apartment to pay for. Um, I had a lot of trauma, a lot of physical illnesses, actually, infections, eye infections, throat infections, so forth. That's going to happen when you're having so much sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I discovered ayahuasca, the plant medicine ayahuasca, and I went on an ayahuasca retreat. I sat with this medicine. She showed me all of my soul bonds. She showed me traumatic stories, but didn't take me too deeply into anything, but kind of just showed me everybody that I'm tied to energetically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and she taught me that I'm divine and that I have so much value and that I don't, there's no, actually, there's no price that I can put on my body. And in that moment, I quit everything. I quit drugs. I quit sex work. Mm-hmm. I gave up my apartment. I moved out. I literally gave up everything within two weeks and mm-hmm. I started anew. And thus I started Profit from Trauma. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I already just was tearing up when you were talking about just now it just made me tear up because when you said like she showed me that I'm divine and that I you know there's no price that I can put on my body like that just made me feel just I just moved me you know and I'm just I'm already crying but I'm just already just so in awe of you because that's so difficult and the fact that you just you know had that realization and then just immediately kind of just said I'm leaving you know so what did that look like for you kind of that process where you were like I'm leaving everything I know you talked about kind of like working a lot and trying to like um move through any financial debts that you had had and and moving into some sort of home where you were in this you know this child's room that you hated the wallpaper I remember seeing that on TikTok so what did that look like for you like when you decided I'm leaving when I decided I'm leaving, I had to find a new mother figure somewhere else. Uh, gosh, oh, it was so intense because on this retreat, actually, the man who introduced me to the shamanic practitioners who I worked with was a client of mine. And I he'd come and paid for me at a brothel and he had all these beautiful tattoos and I was like what on earth are those and he was like oh it's mother ayahuasca and I was like oh my god that's the stuff that's going to save me and basically he came on that retreat with me so he was already going on that retreat I was going on that retreat he was going to heal his escorting addiction I was going to heal from being an escort and it was Mm. complicated but I think one of the the pivotal moments within that was seeing men as human Mm. because basically all the people in the retreat were men (laughs) I think I was mainly the only woman there and everybody was a man it was very triggering but in a beautiful way and uh seeing myself as valuable and seeing other people as actually having value so if you see yourself as a commodity you see other people as a commodity too yeah all they were was cash to me cash in fact and when I made that decision, the next morning I woke up and I just sat in the front garden and I just looked at the earth and I just looked at the trees and I just felt that I am this earth. I am Mother Earth. I am the divinity. I am the. I look at the tree and I think, wow, that's magnificent. And the tree looks at me and I am magnificent. <laughs> and it was just that moment of, oh, I'm liberated from my false beliefs. And then the practical side of that had to, <laughs> to play. <laughs> it's 
all very nice. It always seems to be like that. We have these like divine realizations, and you're like, okay, now I have to like get, <laughs> yeah. now I have to get this really moving in real life. <laughs> now I've actually got to integrate this knowledge. Yep. <laughs> Uh, with action so what that looked like was just making that decision I hate my life and this is going to be difficult but I just need to make those first steps so it was obviously I mean practical stuff like calling my landlord and just saying I'm leaving I'm gonna put the, the flat on the market um initially that looked like starting a blog and mm-hmm. just telling my story yeah. and stopping just stopping so I basically got rid of everything, came off out at work and moved back in with my mum. Yeah. Um, and I just sat there with nothing. And I think I was really at rock bottom, to be honest. I was yeah. really at rock, rock bottom. And when you're there, you just, there's nowhere else to go other than up. It's a really beautiful space to be. Yeah. So I saw that as a real opportunity to just express my story. And I actually just came to this space of, I don't care if I really tarnish my name on the internet Mm. for the sake of spreading awareness around this. Because when I first came out as a healing escort, I think I was one of the only people on the internet. I mean, you're the only one that I've seen, really. It deeply embodied the only, I mean, ex-sex worker really talking about these things. Let's not even say ex-escort, but just sex worker in general. Yeah. Like, you're really paving the way here. No one really talks about this because I even have clients where... After sex work, the only thing they want to do is heal, but privately. They don't want anyone to know. They want to throw it away. They want, don't never want anyone to hear about it. And part of something that we do is really releasing a lot of the shame that has been accumulated mm-hmm. in them from these experiences and having them, like you said, remember their worth and remember that that's just part of their sacred story. And so I feel like having women proudly and confidently and securely express their story without shame saying yeah this is what you know I experienced and this is who I am now and this is who I was and all of it is divine all of it's sacred I'm not ashamed yeah actually shame and liberating yourself from shame and actually publicly putting my dirty laundry out there and maybe that's a negative way to say it but I'm not I'm not ashamed of myself anymore. So when I say dirty laundry, I'm not like, shame, yeah. shame, shame. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying like, this was a dirty time in my life. Yeah. Um, Like dirty belief systems, dirty emotions, you know, heavy. It was just, yeah. that's what it was. And yeah. to put that out on the internet and just fully fucking own that shit yeah. has been liberating. <laughs> I cannot tell you the the impact just being honest yeah. on social media has had on my life because it held me accountable yeah there was times I wanted to go back out of fear yeah. and then I thought actually even when I just had a thousand followers I was like but those thousand people believe in me yeah when in this moment where I'm hesitant and I'm not believing in myself those people yeah. believe in me and when yeah. you create that kind of audience as you'll know right you have risen so much just over the past couple of years like i've watched your account go off <laughs> but when i first started following you you had like 90 to maybe 100 000 followers and now you're just like, <laughs> like i think you're going off like a quarter of a million right yeah around there because you're mm-hmm. so authentic <laughs> and you're just you're just fully out there and you're fully like sharing your belief systems yeah. and mm-hmm. it's liberating yeah and i understand that part of you that wants to hide and and I'm not saying everybody go and start a TikTok and tell everybody about your sex work I'm not saying that mm. 
But I'm just saying, part of that is, are you actually being honest with yourself? Yeah. When you're hiding it away. Totally. And it's also, it doesn't need to be, for example, someone maybe doesn't want to start a social media account necessarily, but it's about being honest even in your relationships, right? Like with the people around you, right? And and that's that space where you can have that level, of, of course, in safe relationships, relationships where you feel safe, where you feel held, where you feel unconditionally loved. You can express your truth, your authenticity. It doesn't need to be, of course, a really wonderful space to do it is online, which you've done. But for women who don't want to do that, you know, facing that fear in your next partnership, and, you know, and from that space, when you're coming to experiences without shame, you also kind of set the other person up to meet you in that space, right? Versus when you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And, you know, and I'm so, you know, and it's so really just expressing like, yes, and I don't hold any shame over this. Like, yes, I experienced that. That's part of my story. That's okay. I'm not mm-hmm. mad about it. And I just yeah. wanted to talk to you about that, you know? Yeah. When you you accept what you've been through and you bring that confidently into a relationship so it's not that oh i've healed from all of this it's acknowledging yes i've been through this trauma heaviness whatever it might be and then confidently bring that in and saying i'm not hiding this from you this is a part of me i'm not ashamed of it but i I want you i want you to understand this and i want you to be able to hold space for me because i'm able to hold space for me and that actually alleviates the partner from going oh it's my job to fix you it's that's not the case it's i need you to hold space but i can also hold space for myself and that's even in friendships too I have friends in my in my real life who have been, you know, sex workers. And when they express it to me, Mm. it's very healing to be met with. I I love you. Yeah, that's okay. All of you just want to be heard, you know, yeah, that's it. You want to be heard. But if you are full of shame around being heard, you will never speak. So you will never be heard. And on top of that, you might only because you're ashamed of yourself, you might only engage with people who are ashamed of you already, right? And then and then you try to express something and then they're like, oh, now I'm extra ashamed, right? Like, you know, yeah. only attracting people that don't, if you're, because really what it is, is a lot of times when we're not safe for ourselves, we choose partners who also aren't safe for ourselves. And that's not because we deserve it. It's not because we attract it. It's because when we have that within us, we find that acceptable outside of us. And so I've experienced that a a lot of times with clients where they felt ashamed over something, sex work or something else, you know, so many things that people, women feel ashamed of. And when they feel that shame, there's, they engage with people and they find it acceptable to be engaged with people, friendships, romantic relationships, that they're ashamed of them. And, and that then just reinforces this traumatic belief, this it re-traumatizes them because they believe I'm not worthy, I'm shameful, and it's being mirrored right back to them. So it's so important to, to come into that space of, of a lack of, or at least just healing that shame, sitting with it, and you don't have to be fully healed. You don't even have to be fully healed from the shame. You can still be ashamed, but be aware of the shame and then bring that even to the person. I know that I'm feeling ashamed, but I want to, to be heard in this and I respect myself in this experience and I and I understand why I feel ashamed or whatnot. That was a little rant, but 
I also wanted to bring up two things that you had said, which is that you said I had to find a new mother, which was something I wanted to discuss. And then the other part, which was seeing men as humans or, you know, healing that relationship with the masculine. So I heard this and I learned this from Dr. Clarissa Pinkolaristis, who I imagine yes. you know, Women Who Run With The Wolves. Yep. Um, and she's written this amazing series of books, which I think you would love if you've not already touched on them, called The Dangerous Old Woman. I have it's, not. Oh, you would. It's right up your alley. So it's like a whole <laughs> audiobook series. Um, I will send you the book that I listened to, and it was incredible. But one thing that I learned from this book um, was that you can find your mother in other women. So those of us, oh, I know, I think this was in Warming the Stone Child by Dr. Clarissa Pinkolaristis. Amazing book, very short, four hours, but it's just about unmothered children. And I was a mothered child in the sense that I was mothered with food and I was taken care of and I had a home, so forth. Um, but I was not mothered in the sense that I was nurtured or loved or hugged. Or anything like that and something that's important in finding your mother in other spaces is that when you don't have that mother figure you don't have that beautiful archetypal caring nurturing mother then you don't know how to do that for yourself and then when you look to authors so you're learning from authors right you're learning from these beautiful women that write mm. and if you've not had a mother that could teach you that information about being a woman you can find a mother in that woman and it's not that you're projecting all your mother wounding onto them it's saying i need a mother guidance i need a mother figure and this author is giving me that so this is like a step in you're borrowing mothers wherever you can and it's not sad it's actually really beautiful because you have so many women to learn from within that mothering space because you have so much space for a mother where there isn't a mother so then you can bring all these women in Dr. Clarissa was one of those major women for me. She taught me mm. so much about the female body and about, because um, she's a cantadora, keeper of the old stories about mythology around women and these beautiful stories about uh, what what women really are and what she experienced as a young woman. And I thought, damn, I really needed that guidance. Yeah, That's a mother to me. Mm. That's a mother to me. And Women, Food and God by um, Janine... I can't remember her name. I actually have that book in my house. I've never read it, though. It's incredible. That okay. book has healed my eating disorder, has healed my binge eating disorder. Mm. Incredible, incredible, incredible book. That mm. is a type of guidance I would have needed from a mother, but there wasn't a mother there to give that guidance because my mother has never healed that part within herself, still struggling with an eating disorder into her late 60s now. So mm. I needed that guidance and I took that mother. So I'm borrow borrowing mothers. And I think mm. it's a really beautiful concept for those of us who feel we don't have that mothering role. Yeah. Just know that you can borrow mothers. Mm. That is so powerful. And I really feel I, in my own life, I've definitely experienced that with mothers and fathers. Right. And again, like you said, it's not projecting your father wound or your mother wound onto somebody. It's saying, 
this part of that guidance that's really valuable for me and I can learn from you and allow that spot for, you know, a moment or a year or however long in this exchange, you to fill that spot of that guidance or that nurturance or whatever I'm lacking or I'm needing, I can exchange in this way with you and experience that and, and help myself in community heal. Because a lot of times, you know, we can't just heal individually on our own. And even if we are healing individually on our own, we can heal with a coach or with a therapist. Like I feel my therapist has mothered me so much, right? Like in so many ways, I've been nurtured and seen and heard. And there's times where with our mothers or our fathers, we have experiences that have left gaping holes inside of us. And a lot of times people try and they think that to heal the mother wound or the father wound, that they need to heal it in that space with that actual mother or with that actual (laughs) father. And that's just not true. I would say the majority of the healing work of the mother wound or the father wound, but let's talk about the mother wound specifically as you were doing, is done outside of that relationship. Yeah. And I was talking a lot about, in a, in a different podcast, about healing my relationship actually with my mother. And one of the things that I spoke about was there was a lot of experiences where I knew she would never be able to hold space for them. Things yeah. that I had been deeply put in pain you know, around at her hands mm-hmm. as a child that I wanted to forgive, I wanted to move on from. But to do that, I needed to experience in polarity with someone else being heard and being held and being seen. And so to heal that wound that was creating this this mother wound, Mm. I I had it heard and it healed my mother wound. And then I could show up very differently for my relationship with my mother currently. Right. And but that didn't happen in relationship with her. And when I tried to do it in relationship with her, it just didn't work. And so we can, like, exactly like you said, we can find these other aspects, these other spaces, these other mother figures, these even these moments where you're being mothered in that way, nurtured in that way, seen, held in that way. And it is so healing. And sometimes we never actually form a, an actual relationship with our mother mm-hmm. after. And so I say that a lot. I try to emphasize that because healing the mother wound or healing the father wound does not mean that you enter back into a relationship with your actual mother or with your father sometimes. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. It, sometimes it, we just are not able to do that in this life. And that's that's the healing. That yeah. is the healing is, is separating. Yeah. And I have that relationship with my father where I realized, oh, the healing here is in us separating and me healing my father wounds individually and me loving you from afar not even not even loving you of course loving him but understanding and and being and saying okay i understand you can't meet me i understand that this will never happen here. And I'm not even upset. I'm not mad about it. I can grieve it. I can mourn it. I can be sad. But I understand that's just where you're at. And this is where I'm at. And this is what we're experiencing. This is our healing, is our separation. I think that's really powerful, everything you said. I would love that series. Um, Yes, it's absolutely about alleviating people from expectations. (laughs) And you can actually bring into your life what they're capable 
of bringing into your life. Mm-hmm. You, I will definitely send it to you. I'll message you afterwards and recommend it to your listeners as well because, yeah, yeah you're going to get along with that. Oh, you're going to love it. <laughs> you are. Uh, and then your second question was, the men so the healing men. a relationship with men i'm still on that journey girl <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> so tell, me, tell me what that looks like for you i need some enlightenment <laughs> i think maybe so it is definitely like as you said radical acceptance and i learned something really beautiful in that retreat so sat there surrounded by men deeply under the influence of a psychedelic medicine never sat with psychedelics in my life it was the first time ever i'd ever touched anything like that and afterwards in ceremony you sit up and you um you share you have sharing experiences these integration circles and i remember looking at this man who was my client ex-client because I'd already decided that night that I was going to stop so my ex-client was sat facing me and he was telling me about um just trigger warning here I'm going to talk about some kind of sexual assault sexual abuse Mm. so he had experienced sodomy and Mm. but you know at the hands of his father Mm. as a baby and it had never been recognized so he went into a medicine journey he relived that rape and then he approached his father and it was completely downplayed. And when I looked at him, I had this moment of just, that's a little boy right there. That man, that fully grown 40 year old man in front of me who pays me hundreds of pounds to have sex with me is a child. That is an unhealed man. And I just felt this overwhelming empathy And I think within that space, I also just saw souls. All I saw around me were these divine, beautiful souls. Mm. And now (laughs) it alleviated me from this seeing people from who who they present. You need to see through this facade. This is just a meat suit. This is an earth rover. We're walking around on earth in it. And for such a short period of time, but really we're all soul and everything is soul and everything is energy. And now when I meet people, I see their soul first and then I see them as a human after. I think all men, all soul, and let me let me change that up. All soul is divine. All soul is good. All soul is pure and innocent. And it's our life experiences and the way that we're conditioned. And then the choices we inevitably make that make us who we are as humans, mm. but actually I see people as souls. So yes, I could really have a tainted view of men. Mm. And I think for a period of time I did, mm. but I'm really glad that people pulled me up on it. Like I'd say something like, ah, oh, what, what could I, men do this. But when you say men do this, it's a sweeping generalized statement of all men. And actually it's very insulting. So one, it's for me, it's seeing everybody seriously seeing everybody as totally equal in the sense of soul Mm -hmm. and then human actions following that Mm -hmm. you don't have to love people as a human but (laughs) i don't think it's really a choice to love people as a soul or not because we're Mm -hmm. all connected in that way Mm -hmm. and two it's really pulling yourself up on those conditioned narratives and questioning yourself like do i really believe that or 
has that been a belief that's been drilled into me through maybe my own frame of reference, my own experience? Was my one single experience of this rapist really the, the you know, the experience that I should be attaching to all men and perceiving all men in the same light? No. So, yeah, it's, it's absolute radical acceptance. And it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy, but that's yeah. just how I've done it. And it's allowed me to build these bonds with men. And also, I think you'll understand this. I've seen you talk about, you know, your journey with celibacy. I was also celibate. And when you become celibate, it's this liberating experience of, oh, well, I'm not interacting with you because there's any potential of us mating or having sex. Yeah, You're just a man. And I'm yeah. just a woman and we're interacting. This is freedom. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I did that as well. I also went celibate for a long period. I know you're really passionate about that. And I'm I'm also really passionate about it. And yeah. it was uh wildly moving to just be yeah. in that space. Because I was working with a lot of men actually all the time afterwards. And uh I would have comments all the time and I ended up actually working in a meditation retreat center. We have big groups of men come and stay in the house, actually. So, you know, they would, maybe I'd run into one after I got out the shower, or maybe, you know, they would they would see me in some kind of um, homely space because I was living in the center and they were coming in and living in the center as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. they were actually in my personal space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, men would make advances on me, but I was celibate. And mm-hmm. it was then purely professional and there was no cross wires there's no possibility of a crossed wire because i was so firm in my boundaries yeah 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 absolutely we're all performing whether you're doing that for your husband or whether you're doing that for a client take yourself off the high horse because just because you're faking all of this stuff for your husband doesn't make you any better or any different right and so the celibacy journey (laughs) (laughs) you're absolutely on the ball yeah looks really similar, you know, whether you're healing after sex work or whether you're healing after hookup culture or whether you're healing after, you know, being in one relationship your entire life, but never actually having authentic sexuality, the journey is going to be quite similar because we're all dealing with very similar wounds because we're in a collective space all together. Yeah. And so the celibacy journey is so important after when we want to heal our sexuality and when we want to heal our relationship with men. Whether that is healing from sex work, whether that is healing from hookup culture, whether that's healing from your relationship, the wounds that we're dealing with as a collective are so similar, right? And so I I talk about that because a lot of times women have this idea very commonly in hookup culture that it's just, okay, hookup culture is hookup culture, right? Like that's one space. But then in my relationship, that's totally different. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, but you both are acting the exact same way, coming from the exact same wounds, coming with the exact same beliefs, coming with the same exact numbed out bodies, coming with the same exact performing mindsets and having sex from that same space. And so you're being re-traumatized and you wonder why women in relationships are like, I'm numbed out. I don't, you know, feel comfortable. I feel like, you know, all these kind of things because we're having the same exact traumatizing experiences as one would have if they were in hookup culture or if they 
you know, did sex work. Of course, it's not the exact same. And I don't mean to make it sound like the, it's like the exact same because there's different levels of trauma and there's totally different experiences. But my point here is, is that it's a very similar collective wound that we're all dealing with. And so our healing all looks very similar. And so, so yeah, I love that you, that you said that and that you brought that up and especially the healing, the, the men wound, because again, it looks similar right? Like it, it's not just when you're healing from escorting or sex work in, in a, a, a totally different varieties or from hookup culture or for engaging with men. We are all experiencing very similar things as a collective because we have collective wounds, especially living in the patriarchy. In this patriarchal structure, a lot of times women are only interacting with men that see them, see them as commodities see them as objects, um, you know, don't provide that safe masculine space for them. And as a result, women only a lot of times experience that and then they form these beliefs and then it makes it very hard for them to engage healthily with men. And another thing that it makes it really hard to do is to actually have standards because when we believe that all men act a certain way, what happens is that we still want interaction with men. So then we give them a pass because if all men do it, then if he's doing it to me, then it might, it's probably not that it's just what it is. But if we understand that all men don't do that and that we're choosing to engage with a man that is doing that and that there's other men's who men who don't do that then we actually have some autonomy right then we have some some autonomy then we have some decision making to 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 deal with then we have some trauma to deal with well why am i only choosing men who are like this when there's actually a lot of other men who are very different mm -hmm. right and i will say that it's new in the last hundred years or so that women do have that autonomy on a global scale for the last that couple thousands of years that women have that autonomy to say, no, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to go with you, you know, and that's new. So yeah. it's something that women are having to learn because for the first time, really on a global scale, women are, I mean, in thousands of years, we used to be like this, but you know, in quite a while, women can be financially secure. They can choose to not marry one guy and to marry a different one. They can choose to divorce. They can choose to, you know, not get married to a guy that wants to marry them. They can choose to leave a relationship. All of these things that we have not actually had the autonomy to do for a very long time, we are now adjusting to that. And there's this big ancestral wound there because all of our mothers and mothers' mothers and grandmothers have not had the autonomy to choose these things. And so now we're like, what do I do? I, I have the choice. It's still registering, right? Yeah. <laughs> so again, a little rant, but, um, but yes, I, I love everything you said. So let me ask you a, a question here, which is I wanted to ask you, a question about how you navigate talking about your experiences and being vulnerable without exploiting yourself, without exploiting your trauma, right? Like without exploiting what you've been through. And that's been a, a line that I've walked and I've had to discern for myself is like, am I saying this because this feels vulnerable and authentic? Or am I saying it because I, you know, w feel that I have to kind of compromise? I, I saw someone post, they said, like, pimp out my private life, 
was they, the way that they kind of put it. So like, <laughs> do I have to like feel like I have to do that to gain an audience or to gain whatever, or because I feel like I'm not worthy or... When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Am I just saying this to be vulnerable? And that's this line that I had to kind of discern for myself. So I'm wondering how you navigate that while being vulnerable online. Well, you know, it's actually so interesting and poignant that you ask me that question now at this stage in my social media journey, I suppose you could call it. (laughs) Um, Because when I initially started out and I initially started posting about myself and sharing these stories, they gained popularity like you would not believe. Mm-hmm. And that made me, it kind of stunned me a little bit. I was like, oh, it's so taboo and sticky. People really want to know. It's really not talked about very much. Yeah. And But I was still doing it for the right reasons. Now, mm-hmm. we're looking at like two years later now maybe Mm. going on three years now it's got to a point where I've got 99,000 followers but they follow me for my sex work stories and my sex work advice Mm. I no longer want to keep rehashing all those stories I could Mm. I've got a bank I've got a wealth of stories but it's not who I am and it's it's how people are starting to view who I am yeah. But I'm not. I'm actually a multifaceted, multifaceted, multi-passionate woman. I'm talented. I'm a musician. Yeah. Nobody really knows that I'm a musician because I just yeah. come out with all my sex work stories. I never went on there to say, I'm a musician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I want to keep rehashing the past, though, and drawing that energy up? I feel like I'm digging up an old yeah. energy totally. and bringing it in. Yeah. And even just last night, I talked about sugar babying, and within an hour... Uh, an old sugar daddy messaged me, sent me like 20, 30 photos of his holiday home in Jamaica. 
Mm. And it was directed to me. We haven't spoken in months. As soon as you start engaging with that energy, you draw that in. And when you're speaking online about something that you're not actually passionate about anymore, you are exploiting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I really, that question's really just yeah. hit that nail on the head. <laughs> well, I would say even, you know, and I have a, I have a similar story that I can relate to about my kind of my growth with social media as well. And I'll say that in a second, but I would say that I really feel like if you are speaking about healing from that versus rehashing, like mm-hmm. those are totally different, right? Like, so if you're like, this is something like telling a story, like that's that rehashing energy, you're, you know, you're talking about versus like, hey, any ex-sex workers, like if you, this is how I, like, I love your like screaming in the woods videos, you know, <laughs> like this is what I'm doing to heal. Like, this is how I've healed. Do you feel that that's authentic or do you feel like that's like a no for you? That's totally authentic. And yeah. I do have so much advice and wisdom to give around that. And actually those videos do really well. Yeah. And like like you said, what did you say? Pimping. Pimping, pimping out my private life. I saw that uh, actually one of uh, a women's group I'm in, the girl who organizes it, she said that. <laughs> I love that. That is such a wonderful way to yeah. um, kind of describe what it's like to grow on social media when you get picked up for something that you weren't really expecting to get picked up for. Yeah, yeah. totally. And that's part of honestly, like the healing journey with social media and also finding your worth within social media, which is what I I experienced is that something that was really, really alive for me and really present for me in the beginning of my social media journey, right as I started TikTok, which is like, I don't know, maybe it was around like three years ago or three or so years ago, I started TikTok. And even before that, I had been posting on Instagram and stuff like that. So I had had a little bit of a following. And then once I started posting on TikTok, it got much bigger. And something that really happened for me was that I would post all of the time in a bikini and showcasing my body. And I would do that at the same time as I was talking about something that really mattered. So I would I would I would use a bikini video or something and then I would put what I really wanted to say over it. I'm pretty sure that I like started the celibacy movement on TikTok because no one had ever posted about it on celibacy years ago on TikTok, I mean. And my and the first video that, you know, there's articles and whatnot that I ever posted was me in a bikini and then I wrote words over it. Right. And what that meant for me at that time was that I felt that my voice and that who I was and what my expression, what I was trying to say wasn't good enough. I had to do something to garner attention. And I felt that I had to do it through this patriarchal lens where women are exploited for their bodies and they have to kind of sacrifice their integrity and their dignity and sexualize themselves in a way that doesn't feel authentic so that they can be seen or that they can be successful, right? And I felt like to be successful, I have to use my body in a way that doesn't feel authentic to to say what I actually want to say, to actually give all of the wisdom that I'm here to give, right? So kind of really similar to what you were saying. I, re- I remember yeah. those videos and I yeah. used to think, I didn't used to think um, this girl's pimping herself out, but I did think what an amazing marketing move. Well, that's what it was, right? <laughs> that's what it was. It was a marketing move. But I just used to think this girl's so smart. 
<laughs> people go, oh, bikini, and then watch, and but yeah. then actually learn something. And I do, yes, it was very good. It, it did work. It did work, right? <laughs> <laughs> it worked, right? So yeah. that was actually part of the problem for me, kind of like you were saying, was it worked. Yeah. So I got to a space where I was like, I don't want to do that. I remember being like, oh, she's speaking. <laughs> I never heard you speak. Yeah. Oh, she's so smart. Actually, really, like, this just comes out of you. Like, yeah. this is like your stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And and so I was like, I, I transitioned into actually speaking. Like you said, like, I was like, I, and I felt before, like, that wasn't enough. Like, my voice alone wasn't enough. I had to pair it with something that would get attention. And when I started really committing to, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, like you said, like, I'm not going to post these bikini, you know, videos anymore paired with this thing as this marketing move to be successful. I'm going to actually speak and I'm going to actually honor myself and be in integrity and feel like I'm doing what feels authentic for me while, you know, speaking my truth and saying what I came here to say. And when I started doing that, what I realized is, is everything changed. My platform got a million times better, a million times stronger, a million times more, um, you know, successful, a million times more a community base. And what happened was in the beginning, I was talking about these things, these like, you know, with my bikini stuff, but I still had a majority male audience because what was I posting most? Bikini stuff, right? So even though I had, it was probably like 30% women or 20% women and like 80 or 60 or, you know, 80 or 70% um, male. And when I started to actually intentionally, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. My audience on all platforms is now like 99% women. I'm completely have a women-based audience. I feel heard. I feel seen. You know, I feel my my platforms have skyrocketed. I'm successful in my business. Like all of these things started happening that couldn't before because I was still in the shackles of I need to do this to be successful, right? And for a while, there was a transition period where I like wasn't, like you said, like my videos weren't getting the same attention. Like people had to get used to me speaking. They had to get used to me not doing those things. I had to find my, you know, more of those girls coming to me, right? So it was a transition, but it was so worth it for me. And that was something, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about because I've navigated that in my own life and with my, you know, social media and stuff. And so for, you know, the last two years, I've been able to create a really, um, a community that feels really, really good. Right. And, and so, so yeah, but it is this process where women, I feel kind of, especially women kind of go through this process where we're like, are we valuable? You see it all the time with actresses, you know, and in with like, um, you know, in like Hollywood, like people, women feel like I have to do this if I'm going to succeed. And when you kind of say no to that, like, no, I don't need to do that to succeed. And I'm going to do it in my own way. And in a way that honors myself, there is a transition period, which I've experienced, but life then opens up. Yeah. Limited mindset, limited results. As long as you believe that I'll never 
rise to whatever success yeah. uh, unless I do this one thing that I hate doing you're never going to get the success that you're looking for because you're literally coming at it with you, you like you said you're shackled to your limited yeah. beliefs yeah and I understand <laughs> but trust trust me the the compass of your heart just ask that Listen to your moral compass. Don't do stuff that you hate because actually yeah. the results that you're going to garner from that are also going to be results that you hate. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little mirror. <laughs> I can attest to that because my results were that I had a majority male following exactly. and I wanted to talk to women and I wanted women clients <laughs> and I wanted people to listen to my podcast. Only women were going to do that. Right. Yeah. Like the results, I didn't get the results I wanted. Right. Brands wouldn't work with me because they're trying to market to women. The stuff that I was, you know, they wanted to, you know, jewelry, you know, you know, things like that. Oh, you have a majority male audience. We can't work with you. You know, I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And, and now with that, I have a question for you, which is that, um, I wanted to know some healing modalities. So you do offer, right, coaching for um, women healing from sex work. Mm -hmm. So you offer healing for women. Oh, sorry. You offer coaching for women healing from sex work. You offer coaching in general. Um, you know, tell me about some healing modalities that you've used in your life to heal from sex work. So for any women listening who are ex-sex workers or currently sex workers, you know, what are some things you've done to heal? I know you did this screaming, you know, practice, which I love. I want to do that too. One time when we meet up, because we need to eventually meet up, we need to do that together. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's liberating. Primal screaming. So that is called um, bioenergetics. <clears throat> it was developed for men, actually. I just turned it around and made it useful for me in my own way. And I'll talk through that one a little bit. If you haven't seen the videos, uh, I suppose I could send you some links. You could put them in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, uh, as you know, as you might know with Qigong, you have your like golden ball of energy just in your sacrum and in your sacral area. So a lot of us who have experienced that sexual trauma... So that's in your root chakra. That's in your base chakra. That's the part of you that grounds you down to the earth. That's the part of you that you're walking around on that allows you to root down. It's your, it's your base. If that part of you is ungrounded and skitty and flighty and all over the place and you, you've never worked with it, doing a screaming exercise like spreading your legs, dropping your golden ball of energy down to the earth, rooting down, allowing those roots to go down, right down into the earth through your feet through your root chakra and then breathing up that energy up breathe up into the top of your lungs up into your crown chakra up into your crown chakra so you're moving the energy through every chakra in your body through every energy center and then as you lower your arms down you just let out a roar and you just scream scream from your root because a lot of us who have experienced sexual trauma Maybe we did say no, but it wasn't heard. Maybe you did scream, but it wasn't heard. But you know, Mother Nature is never going to not hear you. She hears you and she feels you. So when you go out to the forest, when you go out and you work with the earth and you work with that earth mothering, you know, she's, she is wild. That wild divine energy of the earth and you let out a roar, it's going to be absorbed and welcomed you're actually going to be heard in that space. Mm. Not only that, you hear yourself. 
You hear yourself roar. You hear what you're actually fucking capable of. Let that anger out. Maybe you didn't feel capable back in the day. Now you think, if I, back then, if I'd have just, well, just do it now. That's emotional alchemy. Deal with it now. Just because you didn't deal with it back then, yeah. this is now, it's still a space that's still existing within you. That's emotional alchemy. Deal with it now. Go in, face that part of yourself, go into that trauma. Maybe that's going to be PTSD. Maybe go into your PTSD, really lean into it. You can hold yourself. You're a grown fucking woman. You can hold, it's not more powerful than you. You are not more powerful than you. You, you got this. That situation's not more powerful than you. If you're still stood here, if you're still working on this, if you're still on this podcast listening, how can I heal myself? That situation was not more powerful than you. I love everything you just said. And something that's so powerful is what you said, which is that mother nature is always going to hear you, right? And this is a space where we can turn to with our spirituality, with God, whatever that looks like for us. We can turn to these spaces. This even goes back to the mothering and fathering. We can go to these spaces to experience this mothering, this fathering, this unconditional love, this hearing, this being felt, this being seen, right? So like if you don't have that father figure, that mother figure, you can turn to the divine mother, the divine father, you can turn to mother earth. There's so many spaces within, you know, your spirituality that you can turn to, to be heard, to be seen. And I think that's so powerful. I've done that a lot with both, um, praying to different aspects of God. Like God is all of, you know, all of the different aspects, but praying to the masculine aspect, praying to the feminine aspect, right? And we, when we pray to these specific aspects, when we connect to these specific aspects of God, we heal that part of us because we realize that aspect is hearing us, is safe, right? Like the divine father is safe for me. The divine mother is safe for me. Mother nature hears me. She holds me. And that's so powerful. So, so yes, I love everything you said. You are so wise. You are so insightful. You are so powerful. Um, tell me more healing modalities. Like if someone, even if someone did, um, you know, work with you, if someone did coaching with you and, you know, what would that look like? What would you you know, what type of healing modalities would you do with a client who's an ex-sex worker or even who's healing from sexual trauma or anything of that, that nature? Sure. So um, I'll go through a couple. One I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm, so I'm trained in process-oriented psychotherapy. I'm not a psychotherapist by any means. I'm training. <laughs> so process-oriented psychotherapy, what I trained in was moving into wholeness and that's body therapy, that's somatic therapy. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I want to talk about is inner child healing and not just in this, just go and accept your inner child. It's deeper than that, it's deeper than that. So something that I would do with my clients, especially those of us who have experienced sexual trauma as a child and you've blocked it off, maybe you have a small memory, but actually you can't access that memory what you can do and you can do this with a coach uh if you're working with victoria i'm sure you could do this with victoria uh and that's going in so it's closing your eyes and really going into your body and locating that child so locating that energy that part of you that's gone missing somewhere maybe you left it on a beach somewhere when you were nine maybe there's a little girl who was assaulted when she was nine and, and the only way you could deal with it as your own inner mother was to go, you stay here on this beach 
I'll come back for you when I'm ready or when I feel capable of helping you. And then when you go back into that space, you again, it's emotional alchemy. So you can go and refigure that memory. So I've had clients that um, I do remember. So a particular story, I'm sure this, I'm not going to give any names, but a particular story of a client with mine, she was assaulted by her grandfather and just a, another trigger warning here. We are going to talk a little bit about sexual assault. So this this woman was assaulted by her grandfather when she was a young girl. She was five years old. It happened in this particular bedroom in their house. And she just had flashing memories of it. But the trauma that that had impacted on her was that she just had no access to her body whatsoever. This was years and years and years later. And she had no idea how to access her body. So really what's going on there is there's a little girl that is numbed out and she's controlling your life now ask yourself as a 19 25 35 year old woman does a five-year-old girl know how to live the life of a 35 year old woman no but your emotions are going to be way more in control of your logical mind if you've never gone in there and dealt with them so that five-year-old is still holding that belief center within you and you're still acting like that five-year-old not consciously it's completely unconscious so what we did was we we went into this meditation space we're using bowls sound healing and we went in we went back to her we went back to the first memory of that house mm. and actually i went in there with her so that i could journey with her together so we're journeying now we're in mm. another realm together mm. and i can see what i can see and i'm just there as an observer so that she goes in there and she's not alone and what we actually did was we went into this room we found this young girl, she's in the dark, she can't see anything, she's yelling help. And we went in and we picked her up. You know, I was there, I held space. I suppose I'm the mothering figure in that scenario. Mm. Mm. And she went, she picked up her little girl and she took her outside into the garden and she just let her run free in the garden. That little girl never actually got to experience that in real life. That little girl got trapped in the bedroom and then she stayed in the bedroom, inside forever. But when you actually go in and alleviate yourself from those moments, mm. you can go in. In a meditation, go and pull yourself out. Yes, the memory's hard, but you yeah. can help the memory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I would definitely recommend anyone who is listening, who is trying to heal from this, to come to you. Because, you know, you're like really, first of all, super qualified. Second of all, super freaking wise as hell. And, <laughs> and like the best freaking person to, to talk to. So if you are, you know, healing from sexual trauma or healing from, you know, um, sex work and you need that support, I full heartedly give you know everyone listening my stamp of approval for me is there anything is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to go into because i mean i could keep talking to you forever but i just want to you know if is there anything else that you feel like we should discuss any other healing modalities you want to talk about any other things you want to bring forward i do want to bring one thing forward yeah. And it's a final, I mean, I've got healing modalities coming out of my ears, but this <laughs> one's really important. 
<laughs> I feel like you have all of these freaking mechanisms that you do for healing. I'm like, she is so well equipped in this thing. <laughs> Girl, you gotta become well equipped, you know? Like, I was on my own. Like, I did this on my own. I didn't even have a therapist until that's, that's, the past, like, couple years. Yeah, that that's crazy. That's like, you were, you had to be just full, fully in it. Like, you were in the fire being baptized, like, fully just transforming. <laughs> I became my own therapist. Wow. But here's something that I found massively, massively healing in my... Um, sexual relationship and this is something that if you are in a sexual relationship or you're in a partnership with somebody and you're dealing with um this trauma remembering that it's all in your root really i mean it is all over your body but it's stemming from your root and then it's a full body experience after that there's a few things that i found really really healing within intimacy and that was following intimacy conscious passionate breathing intimacy so so breathing into your body breathing into your third eye when you're receiving pleasure and so that you can actually fully feel your body so stop thinking about the feeling thinking oh i can't feel what about this should i tense so it feels better for him stop that put him aside breathe into your third eye and feel your body you're going to experience something beautiful but lastly it's like asking your partner whoever that is following an intimate act is to place their hands on top of your yoni and just hold and allow that energy to come through just that because you know you've got chakras all over your body you've got energy centers all over your body so it's holding that root chakra so that it feels held and ask mm. them to pray mm. pray through your root chakra pray for the energy ask them to give thanks give that thank you for letting me be with your body thank you for enjoying love with me and allow that energy to just go in there because it builds trust within your own body you trust that person but you also she is also allowed to feel like pleasure is mine pleasure is safe so that's amazing like praying with your yeah. yoni praying with your partner following intimacy is powerful yeah. beyond belief now last thing yes advice for any women that are in sex work currently that want to leave or have just recently left sex work, what is your advice? Okay, so my first piece of advice, if you are leaving sex work, you wanted to leave sex work, you've just left sex work, is understand that you are totally qualified for what you want to be doing. A lot of us who go into sex work and then start to use your body as a commodity and with the belief that there's nothing else I can do. And I'm not saying that all sex workers think like this, yeah. but I know that a lot of us, those of us who started out young, maybe you didn't get your degree, maybe you didn't go to college, you know, maybe it wasn't, mm -hmm. didn't feel like a choice to do anything else, is understand that you've actually gained, gained an insurmountable amount of mm -hmm. knowledge and wisdom you have met humans on another level that people will never understand. You've gained so much psychological knowledge within that. Mm. Most likely, you know how to do marketing because, my love, that's <laughs> kind of what sex work is. It's just it's business as well as it being everything else. It's business too. So you know how to do marketing. You know how to communicate with people. You know how to read people, for sure. Yes, you know what a lot of money feels like. And maybe there's going to be a hesitancy now of, oh my goodness, I'm going to go have to go back to the living wage. 
we'll talk about that in a second but it's understanding that you know what money feels like but liberate yourself from the belief that that's the only way you can make money so first of all you deserve to have a comfortable life (laughs) you deserve to feel qualified for a job you deserve a job that you actually want to do now ask yourself if money was no object what would i actually like to be doing with my life okay many of us who are sex workers believe that money isn't an object because i know i can make a grand today spend a grand tomorrow make a grand the day after it's not going to be like that when you step back into the real world straight away unless you've got some genius social media plan or you're doing drop shipping or i don't know unless you've got like a big money <laughs> bank to fall back on you're probably going to start from square one again mm-hmm. so it's accepting that understand that it's worth it if you're happy to work for 20 dollars an hour 15 pounds an hour eight 10 pounds an hour is the minimum living wage here in the uk that's probably about 13 dollars an hour mm-hmm. that's better than making 200 pounds in an hour if you're actually doing something that honors your body and actually feels good to you so there's there's the belief in yourself that you're actually able to and then actually believe that you can go and do a degree if you want to you might feel like that's all been drilled out of you but it hasn't so take that chance on yourself like really take a chance on yourself go and get educated and go and get some therapy I'll tell you, I wish I'd have gone and got therapy straight away, but I, I'd like struggled through the thick of it. Um, what I, what I should have done is stop and heal for a period of time and really get integrated back into society, but I didn't. I went from sex work to quitting to moving in with my mum to getting a full time job as a social media manager. There was no time to integrate anything in that space and really i just started running i started running from the get-go understand that you don't need to run there's no rush you've not wasted your life doing this you've not wasted your time doing this you were meant to spend that time accruing whatever knowledge you've gained for this time now take it slow you do not need to get on track with everybody else oh i should be i should be making so much money at 29 all my friends have got houses that was their path that's their dharma this is your dharma you've learned something absolutely invaluable from this experience that they will never understand it doesn't make you better than them it doesn't make them better than you this is just your path i really believe in accepting that <laughs> and it's, it's it's releasing yourself from this like hectic belief that you've got to be like girl boss hustling this that and the yeah. other baby you are not surviving in that way anymore the world is here for you you are at home there are friends that love you there's a world that's willing to help you and support you if you go and ask for it you're not doing this on your own go and get a coach go and join a women's circle go and speak to your friends you know that get support around you (laughs) yeah let's talk about um your you know let's close out this episode with saying your credentials, where they can find you. Speaking of being educated, I know you are, um, you know, speaking about what you offer, you know, just where, what you offer, what people can, can expect from you, etc. 
Okay, well, I actually have a therapy and a massage studio here in the UK, if you are a UK listener. Uh, I do, so I'm a qualified body worker, massage therapist and energy healer. I trained with the Hands of Light Academy, so if you came with a sexual trauma located somewhere in your body, you've got an energy centre that needs some healing, we can, one, do hands-on body work, massage around that area. We can talk about it. And also we can do some energetic hearing, cleanse that chakra, call in your angels and so forth. Um, I'm trained in process-oriented psychotherapy, and that was developed by Arnold Mindell. If any of you want to do any research on that, that uh, is going to be on the process work psychology website process work is believing that it is based around the belief that you are not broken you are in a process okay and that alleviates us all from this like terminal damage that we feel like we've done and it's never going to be fixed yes it is or maybe you'll just be in a process with it forever but that's okay (laughs) so Uh, So we can do work around process work. I offer coaching online. I offer therapy uh, online and also in my studio. I also do music therapy. So I'm a professional musician and I can do, we can work on raw composition. Also allowing your voice to actually come back. Maybe that's through singing. Maybe that's through writing. Maybe that's through primal screaming. Mm. we could work on vocal freedom so mm. that's going to allow you to actually express mm. express your feelings express your voice maybe express those screams maybe go and ask for that job that you want maybe go and approach that person that you like maybe go and approach that person mm. that you maybe want to get some closure from or mm. release them from any expectations you have of them verbally mm. that's what vocal freedom is going to do for you so you can find me i will link all of my websites and everything but if you want to look me up on instagram it's profit from trauma profit underscore from underscore trauma um i am accessible on tiktok but not as accessible because i've got a much larger following on there but that's just the same handle profit from trauma and i'll give you my website if you want to book a session online or in person then i am available pretty much all the time (laughs) (laughs) and oh my gosh you are a woman of many hats you (laughs) you have really like embodied exactly what you were talking about which is like focus on what you want get those degrees you know get trained get qualified do all this like you just said like 50 things and you're like I do this and this and this you're also a Gemini like me (laughs) oh Gemini's Just, I look up to you. I'm in awe of you. I think you're an amazing woman and I'm rooting for you. Well, thank you. The feeling is so mutual. I feel like I learn from you all the time. I'm like, oh, she's so smart. I showed my friend the other day. I was like, look how smart she is. (laughs) No, I've got major, major respect for you. Keep doing what you're doing. You You are an absolute force. Thank you. I cannot wait to see where you're at in 10 years. Like, thank you. You too. So, um, thank you. So are you for real. You're like really a force. I am like, so, like I said, I never have people on my podcast ever, but I was like, you're like a force. You are so powerful. You are such an incredible woman. I need to get you on the pod. Oh, oh, you're making me blush. Oh, thank you. (laughs) 
Um, but thank you guys all so much for listening. And we will link all of Maeve's info in the description. And you can find where to contact her. You can see her website and you can do coaching with her, therapy with her, etc. And if you're in the UK, you can, you know, do some, you know, programs with her in person. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you soon. I'll see you next Saturday. Bye. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.